You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. These podcast series are based on 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. And here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to say at the very beginning of the podcast, I'm in Christ and I win. Come on, say it again. I'm in Christ and I win. And guess what? You win all the time. Now, I began a series entitled The Thought War, right? I mean, we hadn't gotten started much, and the Spirit of God dropped it down a prophetic word that all our debts are canceled. And as many of you that have been walking with us, I shifted gears and began to talk about uh, I began to talk about that, and I talked about uh, the, uh, I think we began a series on the acceptable year of the Lord. And then right at the end of that series, the situation with George Floyd took place, and then I began to talk about it. So we're back to the thought war. And I, I, I just want to start all back over. This is going to be the first episode. We're going to talk about the mind, the combat zone, the mind, the combat zone. The theme of this series, The Thought War, is the management of our thought life, the management of our thought life. Now, there are different kinds of wars that are, are fought. There's a conventional war, a conventional warfare where guns and bullets are used. And then there's chemical warfare where harmful chemicals are used. And then there's biological warfare where harmful viruses are used against the enemy. And then there's psychological warfare that involves the use of media and then there's cyber warfare that involves the use of technology and the use of our computers. Now, I'm not talking about those kinds of wars. I'm talking about a war that every believer is engaged in, whether they are aware of it or not. We, all of us, Every Christian, you listening to me now, we're engaged in spiritual warfare, but it is not warfare on physical territory, on battlefields, physical battlefields. It is not warfare fought on foreign soils. The fight and the war that we're engaged in is fought in our minds. It is fought in our minds. Whether you realize it or not, you're in a thought war. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11, the New Living Trans Translation says, Dear friends, I warn you, 
as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires, notice this, that war against your very souls. Now, I came back to this series because all of us are engaged in spiritual warfare in our minds. We all have five basic needs, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, social, and financial. So in some regard or in some way, we're all challenged. For some of us, it may be with our spiritual walk with God. Maybe it may be overcoming temptation, overcoming sin. For others, we're struggling or being attacked in our minds or in our emotions. Others may be challenged with our, your health, with your physical well-being, your mental well-being. Others, are, we may have relationship issues. It may be with our spouse, may be with our children, may be with siblings, may be with family, may be with friends, and may be with coworkers. But our warfare is social. And then some of us are dealing in the area of our finances. But regardless what area it may be, it's all fought in the area of the mind. Now, in the light of everything that we're dealing with in our present circumstances, COVID-19, in the light of rising unemployment, in the light of racial tension, and racial conflict, this series is applicable. I'm telling you, you're going to be able to use it in any scenario. So I'm going to give you some general thoughts. We're talking about the thought war. The comeback zone is the mind. So I want to give you four introductory statements. Number one, the quality of your life is an indication of the type of thoughts you have been thinking. The quality of your life is an indication of the type of thoughts you have been thinking. Now self-evaluate. What mental state are you in now? Are you in a mental state of peace? Or are you in a mental state of worry? Are you in an emotional state of security? Are you in an emotional state of insecurity? Where are you in your present life? What are you dealing with? The quality of your life is an indication of the type of thoughts you have been thinking. So if you're emotionally, emotionally being whipped, I mean, you just, you just all over the place emotionally, it's because of the type of thoughts you've been thinking. If you're at peace and, and if you're at ease, you have a, a sense of happy expectation, you're excited is because of the type of thoughts you have been thinking. The second statement that I like to share with you, if you 
control your thought life, you can regulate the quality of your life. If you control your thought life and down the road in one of the episodes, I'm going to show you, you can control your thoughts and I'm going to show you how to control your thoughts. But just listen at this statement. If you control your thought life, then you can regulate the quality of your life. Let's look at our third statement. It is possible to advance even in time of war. It is possible to advance even in time of war. Even though there, we, we're dealing with the coronavirus and, and COVID-19, even though we're dealing with unemployment in some cases, even though we're dealing with racial tension and racial conflict, regardless to whatever you're facing in your life, it is possible for you to advance even in this season or this time of war. And that's why I have been confessing over the church that I pastor, Faith Chapel, Birmingham, and Faith Chapel, Columbus, on a regular basis, not every now and then, on a regular basis, I confess over the members of our church that they are growing right in the middle of everything that's going on. They're increasing right in the middle of everything that's going on, and they have in it no loss, no loss, no loss. No loss. They're not going to lose their home. They're not going to lose their their reputation. They're not going to lose their uh, credit rating. They're just not going to lose their cars. They're not going to lose their job. They're just not. I'm confessing there will be no loss. In fact, I'm confessing that they will grow and that they will increase. Now, Jeremiah chapter 17, I want to read from the New Living Translation. Jeremiah chapter 17, the New Living Translation, verse 7 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. Verse 8, they're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the waters. And I'm confessing that all, and, and I don't just pray for my members, I pray for the body of Christ, but I'm confessing that all my members will have a consistent quiet time because it talks about how this tree will grow, the roots go deep into the waters, deep into God's word. Such trees, verse eight says, are not bothered by heat. They're not bothered by the heat. They're not bothered by the difficulty, the adversity, the challenge. They're not worried by long months of drought. They're not worried by long months of drought. Now, I wanna, I wanna just give a, 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 I know that there are many of you who listen to me and listen to this podcast who are not members of Faith Chapel. And I honor you. I'm grateful for you. And I thank you. But, I, you know, I want to say something to my members right now. I, talking about Mike Moore now, 
I miss y'all. I miss church. I miss being with you. I miss seeing you. I miss connecting to you. I miss that church thing. People can share what they want. To. I miss church. That, that's the only, that's the biggest challenge that I'm facing in this season that we're in right now. But this text says they will not be worried by the long months of drought. In spite of the fact that I miss y'all, I'm not worried at all. I have no worries. I have no anxiety. I'm not nervous. I'm not concerned about the church. And I, I confess we're going to grow, increase, and prosper. And the members going to grow and increase and prosper. I have no anxiety about when we're going to come back together. None whatsoever. No matter how long it is. No, And, and see... I'm talking about me, but think about it. Some of you are in a position now where you feel like you're on hold. It may be relationships. It, it may be work. You just, I mean, you're just in a, in a place. It's like you're on the shelf right now. It's like you, and some of you are dealing with boredom, but now notice what it says. It says, this tree, those who trust the Lord, it says they won't be bothered by the heat. And it says they won't worry or be worried by the long months, because we don't know when this thing going to end. The long months, we can advance, we can have peace, we can have joy, we can be content, we can have emotional stability, we don't have to be suicidal. Their leaves, talking about this tree that's planted by the waters, and, and Jeremiah 17 Eight says their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. That is a good word. I'm speaking over you now that your life will stay green, that you're not going to deteriorate. You're not going to backslide. You're not going to uh, regress in your spiritual walk with the Lord. I speak over you today that your business is going to flourish. Your job is going to flourish. I speak over pastors today that you're not going to lose any ground. You're going to still be bearing fruit in this season. So it is possible to advance even in a time of war. We don't have to retreat and we don't have to be stagnant. We can go forward. Come on, say, I'm going forward. Come on, say, I'm moving forward. Now watch this. The fourth statement, the, the, the mind is where the fight of faith is won or lost. The mind is where the fight of faith is won or lost. It's in the area of your mind. You're going to win or you're going to lose in the area of your mind. Take your fingers now. I want you to point it directly on your head, like I'm doing right now. Put it up on your temple, both fingers up against your temple. It's where you win. Here is where you lose. It's in the mind. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16 through 17, New Living Translation says, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith, to stop the fiery 
arrows put of the devil put on the helmet of salvation put on the helmet of salvation. Now notice he's talking about the whole armor of God. And he says that you have to take your shield of faith and you'll stop or quench these fiery arrows of the devil. That's thoughts coming to your mind. Arrows coming to your mind and put on your helmet of salvation. Your helmet of salvation. That's a renewed mind. So during this season, it is critical. Don't take a vacation from the word. Don't have keep your consistent quiet time going, your consistent time in prayer going. Keep listening to, to these lessons and, and information. Go to your app and just flood your mind, flood your spirit with God's word to the point where it gets in your heart. It's coming out of your mouth and you're thinking those kinds of thoughts. Now, the fiery darts of the devil are contradictory thoughts and contradictory emotions. Contradictory thoughts, thoughts that contradict what God says to you, what God says in the word, and emotions that contradict your in Christ state. You're in Christ state. You are who Christ says you are. You are new creation. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the righteousness of God. You're a world overcomer. Now notice the Bible says that you are a world overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. That's what the Bible says. So any thought that comes to your mind that contradicts your in Christ realities, tell you you're losing, tell you you're not winning, tell you you're a failure, then you realize, you must realize that you're under attack. Any emotions you feel like, I'm a failure, I'm not going to make it, things are so bad, I'm going to lose my house, I won't be able to get my job back, all those things that attack you in your emotions. My kid's going to get COVID-19 at the school, and I don't know what I'm going to do. My kids are going to lose out. They're going to get behind all those thoughts and everything that's attacking you and your emotions. You have to realize that you're under attack. Now, let's answer the question. Why is the mind the comeback zone? Why is it, why, why is it the mind the comeback zone? Now, listen at this. Why is the mind the first and primary target Satan attacks to defeat you? Your mind is the first and the primary attack that Satan uses or aims at to defeat your life. Why is that true? Well, it's true because thoughts, now make a note of this, thoughts are the forerunner of your actions. Thoughts are the forerunner of your actions. Thoughts are the forerunner of your actions. Here's an example. Before anyone commits suicide, and suicide is never God's will, it is never God's will for a person to take their life. 
But before a person commits suicide, they will, of necessity, have thoughts of despair and thoughts of hopelessness. Whenever you have a desire, and, and that's a, a kind of a war desire, but anytime you have these thoughts about taking your life, preceding those or that thought, you will have thoughts of despair and thoughts of hopelessness. You'll always have the thought, I can't get out of this. Things are never going to change. I'm better off, my family better off without me. All these thoughts of hopelessness has to precede suicide. No one has ever committed suicide without having the thought of hopelessness. So we see that thoughts are the forerunners of our actions. Number two, where the mind goes, the man will follow. I just said the same thing a different way. Where the mind goes, the man will follow. You can put that in any scenario, any scenario, any scenario. Where the mind goes, the man will follow. Say it. Where the mind goes, the man, woman, boy, girl will follow. Where the mind goes, the man will follow. Where the mind goes, the man, that's you and I, will follow. If my mind go to the left, my body is going to end up going to the left. If my mind goes to the right, my body eventually will go to the right. Satan, who is a spirit, needs a yielded body in the earth because the human body is the highest, greatest mode of expression. So Satan needs your body. He needs your body to function, to carry out his evil, to carry out his plan. But in order for your body to move, Satan knows he got to deal with your mind. The human body, in terms of what it will do, acts on the directions it's given from the mind. The human body simply acts on the directions that the mind gives it. The body, I'll say it the same way. The body is the servant of the mind. Whatever your mind continually think on, your body will eventually respond to. Now that is tweetable. That is a good word. That is a revelation. If you want to break the power of an addiction or break the power of sin or break the power of a destructive habit, whatever you want to do, you have to remember that whatever your mind continually think on, your, your, your body will eventually respond to. Whatever your mind continually think on, your body will eventually respond to. Now I'm going to stay here for a minute. 
because I felt something. And when I say I felt something, I didn't feel it physically, but I felt that that statement resonated, ministered, said something to somebody. So I want to say it one more time. Listen, whatever your mind continually think on, your body will eventually respond to. Now, when I said that, I also heard something in my spirit that also applies to breaking pornography. It will break pornography. The reason you're struggling with this is because you're continuing, you're feeding your mind you're feeding your mind. You're looking at those pictures. You're, you're going to the internet. You're feeding. And so your body just responds. Your body is responding because whatever your mind continually think on, your body will eventually respond to. Now, let's talk, uh, uh, the, the, let's talk the rest of the way. The rest of the way, let's talk about the law of the mind. I want to turn to Genesis chapter 3, and I'm going to hold my place here in the third chapter. Let's the rest of the way talk about the law of the mind, the law of the mind, the law of the mind. Romans chapter 7, now we're going to get to Genesis chapter 3 in a moment, but Romans chapter 7, verse 23, in the Berean Study Bible, it says, but I see another law at work in my body warring against the law of my mind. I'll say that again. But I see another law at work in my body warring against the law of my mind. So right there, the part of the verse that I want us to concentrate on is the law of the mind. The law of the mind. Now listen at this. The rest of the way we're going to talk about this law of the mind. The law of the mind states, the law of the mind states, our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions influence our behavior. Our thoughts, this is the law of the mind. At some point, sometime, I want you to make a note of it. I want you to jot it down, put it in your phone book, whatever you need to do. But I want you to put this, 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 this statement about the law of the mind. The law of the mind states our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions influence our behavior. Our thoughts create our emotions, and our emotions influence our behavior. So we could say it like this, thoughts, emotions, behavior. 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 That's the law of the mind. Thoughts, emotions, behavior. 
thoughts, emotions, behavior, thoughts, emotions, behavior. That's the law of the mind. Now, I want to read Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. And, and, and then we're going to talk about this law of the mind, thoughts, emotions, behavior. In Genesis chapter 3, I want to read from the New Living Translation, verses 1 through 6. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat of the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it, or you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Verse 6, the woman was convinced. Now notice she hadn't tasted the fruit, didn't eat the fruit, but the woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful, and his fruit looked delicious, hadn't tasted the fruit, and she wanted the wisdom it would get, give to her. Now, she didn't know that it was going to give wisdom. The devil told her that. So she took of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. Now, we're talking about the law of the mind states our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions influence our behavior, thoughts, emotions, behavior, thoughts, emotions, behavior. So Satan, watch this, did not grab a piece of the fruit because he didn't have the authority to do that. He didn't grab a piece of the fruit and just handed it to her and, and tempt her that way. He, he didn't handle the fruit and say, now listen, look at this fruit. You can have some of this fruit. No, he attacked her. He, he gave her, he attacked her in the area of her thoughts. Now, God said, if you eat from that tree, the tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God said that you will die. Satan came in and gave her another thought. He gave her another thought. Now, that's something that we need to remember that whenever, and this can be in our personal life, in ministry, you can always expect Satan to give you another thought. Regardless to what God says, I mean, you can have this dream. You can have an angel show up. Um, you can have chill bumps. You can write it in your journal. You know God talked to you. You know God told you to do that. At some point, though, even though you heard from God, Satan is going to attack you in your thought life, and he's going to initially attack you in your thought life by giving you another thought. I remember when we uh, were in the process of believing God for our sanctuary. We, 
Faith Chapel, Birmingham, has a sanctuary that seats 3,000 people, costs $16 million, and the church, the believers, believe God, and we paid it off debt-free. But I, I had a specific word from God about a dome. I had a specific word about how large the building should be, how many seats it should have. I had a specific word about how it was going to be financed. I was settled on it. But all through the process, Satan was trying to give me another thought. I thought, was that really God? Another thought. Where are you going to get the money for, for it? Another thought. You're, not, you're going to be embarrassed if you don't pay this. You're going to be embarrassed. He was trying to give me another thought. Satan attacked Eve by giving her another thought. God's thoughts, you don't eat from that. God said you can eat from all the other trees, all the other trees. Just don't eat from that one. And Satan came and he pointed her to that one and said, listen, you, you need to get the fruit from that one because that's the one that's going to really be a blessing to you. So he gave her another thought. You shall not die. After she listened thoughts, after she listened to Satan Eve had these positive feelings about the forbidden tree. After she received the thought, then her emotions were affected, and then she had all these feelings, great feelings about the tree. She felt that that it was she sensed that it was beautiful, same tree, but all of a sudden now it's beautiful. The fruit is delicious, hadn't tasted true, but all of a sudden she feels like it's delicious. And she wanted the wisdom that it's going to bring. Think about it. Here God says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And then Satan gives you another thought about him, the guy, the girl. You're not yoked, but Satan gives you another thought and then once you receive the thought, all of a sudden, he looks so wonderful. He looks so great. He, I mean, you could just eat him up. She's just fine. I mean, she's just nice. Oh, she will make you a great companion. But you know you're unequally yoked. You know it. But you're taking the thought. You're receiving the thoughts. And it is... It is, you know, sometimes while I'm, I'm teaching, I, God be talking to me. You take the thought of you got to have your bills paid. He can help you with your bills. You take the thought. You don't want to be by yourself. You don't need to be lonely. You take the thought. And then all of a sudden, the person looks great. The person looks nice. The person is everything that you ever wanted in your life, now you've gone from the thought to the emotions. You feel good about something that's forbidden. You feel good about something that's outside of Scripture. You feel good about something that goes against what God says. You start feeling good about it. He felt good about it. And then she went from thoughts, emotions to behavior. He acted on it. She took, she took it. She took it. She took it. 
Now watch this. And she ate it. She took it and then she ate it. She took it, then she ate it. She took it, then she ate it. Now watch this. And then she handed some to her husband and he took it and ate it. Now notice thoughts, emotions, behavior. Now it, it would be enough for us to just talk about how this law of the mind affects us positive, because we could take the same thing, go in a positive direction. We can say we have this thought about what God says. We meditate on that thought. We resist any negative thoughts, any second thoughts. And we have these feelings and expectation about what God says is coming to pass. And you're happy and you feel with peace and you feel with joy and then you wait and then it manifests and you walk in it. So you can go the other direction. But here's something I saw as I said this. She took it, then she ate it, then she gave it to her husband. Now notice how our thoughts, our emotions, and our behavior doesn't just affect us but affects those who are tied to us in relationship. Think about it. Thoughts, emotions, behavior. Thoughts, emotions, behavior is going to have an impact not only on yourself, but on those that you're tied to in relationship. I want to give you uh, a definition Think about it. Let's say, I mean, this, this thing with the coronavirus and COVID-19, I have, I have prayed. I, I'm in prayer. I'm in standing in faith for my family and every, every member of my church. But I don't just pray for my church. I pray for the body of Christ. I pray for the nations of the world. But there are there were people, a lot of them, and I think there are a lot of people even to this point that think this is a hoax. It is a hoax. It's not true. We're being lied to and all these different things. If you have those thoughts that it is a hoax, you have those, this thought is, is some conspiracy. If you have these thoughts, Thoughts is political, trying to keep the government shut down, um, to keep to influence the election. If you think that way, then that thought is going to lead to a false sense of security. That's your emotions, your emotions. And then your emotions are going to lead to behavior that's consistent with the thought and what you feel. So if it's a host, then you won't wear any masks. If it's a host, it's all political. Then you're not going to distance yourself. In fact, you're going to have barbecues. You're going to have swim parties. You're going to do all these things. You're going to have family members, good together. You're going to do all those things because your behavior is going to follow your emotions and your emotions going to follow your thoughts. Thoughts, emotions, behavior. 
You flip that around, it's going to be the same thing. If you think it's real, you think it's a challenge, you think it's a test, then you're going to have these strong emotions, strong feelings, to wear a mask, distance yourself, spend time in the Word, confess the Word, and then your behavior is going to become in line with that, and you're going to distance yourself, things you're going to say no to, things you're not going to do. See, at this point, I am not eating inside of restaurants right now. They got somewhere outside or some, I may eat outside, but I am not sitting in restaurants. I'm talking about me now, but that behavior is connected to my feelings about what's going on, connected to my thoughts. I'll, I'll close by saying this, and this, this just dawned on me. Um, there are some Christians, um, I'm trying to see how to say this. There's some Christians who says, well, I'm just going to stand on the word. I don't, I don't, I don't need a man. I'm just going to stand on the word. I'm going to stand on the word. And they go to the word and they get a word. Okay. What I would say to that person is, okay, why do you lock your doors? Why do you lock your doors at night? Why don't you just stand on the word? Why don't you fat? Why are you fasten seatbelts? Why don't you just stand on the word? You see, there are a lot of things you do, and you can you can wear a mask and stand on the word, cause you wear the seatbelts and you stand on the word. You put the alarm system on, or you lock your doors and you stand on the word. Why can't you stand on the word with a mask? Now, I would say this though. There was a scripture that I, I thought about, and that was in First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, 6. It says to those who say, well, I just got the word. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 says that Paul said under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we're able ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. It says the letter killeth but the Spirit gives light. What he's literally saying there is that under the new covenant, we got the word and we know the word is the answer. Okay, we got the word and we can stand on the word, but we are also to be led by the Spirit. So rather than just grabbing a scripture and stand, almost stand on it and not even talking to God about it, why don't you talk to God and ask him what he thinks, ask him how you should conduct yourself, because he may see something in this climate that you need to do. For example, the Spirit of God spoke to me. I wasn't even praying. I, was, I heard him say, avoid shaking hands. I was just standing up by my bed, getting ready to go to Columbus to minister, and he said, avoid shaking hands hands. Now, you can't find that in the scriptures of all shaking hands. It was being led by the Spirit. See, we don't just be led by the letter. We got the word, but we also want to be led by the Spirit. For example, and I'll close with this example. The Bible tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what the 
the scripture says. That's what the God Jesus said. But in Acts chapter 16, Paul was getting ready to go into a region and the spirit forbade him. The spirit hindered him from going. Well, the the, the letter says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit didn't want him to go into that area. He can say, I don't care. I, I know what the word says. I'm going to go into that area anyway. He would have had the letter, but he would be going against the spirit. I hope that makes some sense uh, to you. This is our introduction. I trust that it's been a blessing to you. Next week, we're going to talk about mental strongholds. We're going to talk about mental strongholds. Now, I said that at the end, I will answer questions. And so we got some questions. I'm going to answer questions about what I taught today or answers questions about what I taught on Sunday on Muted Voice. First question I got here is, how do I change my thought life but not be in denial? How do I change my thought life and not be in denial. Well, you change your thought life by mind renewal. When you renew your mind to the word and you're led by the spirit, you're not going to be in denial. The, 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 the two are not, they don't go together. They're mutually exclusive. If you change your thought life, you're not going to be in denial. People are in denial who haven't had their minds renewed. And that's why people are in denial. Some people are in denial about racism. They're in denial about certain things about their life because they haven't taken the time to examine the scriptures in that area. They haven't taken the time. So the, the more light you get, the more insight you get, the further you're going to get away from denial. How do I guard my thoughts and mind from the devil? Well, the Bible says that you cast down the imagination. Now, we're going to get into this deeper. We're going to get into it deeper, but you guard your mind by spending time in the Word so that you will know the difference between God's thoughts and thoughts that are not consistent with God. The key to guarding your thoughts is you got to know the difference between the different kinds of thoughts. So as I renew my mind, or I use the word, I use the illustration of being unequally ill. That means that a believer should not enter in a relationship, emotional spiritual, physical relationship with the unbeliever, okay? In other words, you shouldn't marry an unbeliever and you shouldn't get emotionally connected to an unbeliever. Well, the key to guarding my thought is to know that that's in the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Because I know it in the scripture, then any thought that says, ah, oh, he's all right, she's all right, she's a good person, I know that's not consistent with the word. So I don't choose that thought. That's another thought. I choose what God says. Comment, the law of the mind can especially come into play when you mourn the death of a loved one. It could turn into grief, which is a spiritual problem. Yes, that's a good comment. This law of the mind 
definitely comes into play mind, thoughts, emotions, and behavior as it relates to the death of a loved one. The key to overcoming the grief is to know what the word says about the Holy Spirit, about joy, about peace, and about the death of a believer. It is important to know that because that will help you to overcome. That's a great comment. What are some things we can say in prayer to protect our thoughts and to keep the devil from intruding our thoughts? Now, let me clear something in your mind. Let me clear something. There's nothing that you can do to keep Satan from bringing a thought. Nothing. There's there's never going to be a place that you're going to get in your spiritual maturity that Satan can't bring a thought. You know, years ago, Brother Kenneth, Kenneth Hagin said that you can't keep a bird from flying over your head but you can keep a bird from building a nest in, in your hair. In other words, he was saying thoughts are just out there. You're never going to get to a place where you're not going to have thoughts come to you. That's a part of our spiritual warfare. But what you can, you can get to the place where you begin to recognize the source of the thought. Is that thought from God? Is that thought from me? Is that thought from people? Is that thought from Satan? You can get to the place where you can easily and quickly recognize the thoughts. And that's what this series is designed to do. That's where you're going to go. I got about two more lessons in this area. So we're going to answer how to control your thoughts. We're going to get there. But I wanted to set the foundation again today. I trust that you've been blessed. Thank you. Thank you. And don't forget, sign this broadcast, Muted Voice. It's going to be a blessing. Amen. <laughs>